Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to 493 of the Dash podcast. I feel like it's 93 Gables. I don't think I changed the number. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look it up real fast. Uh, but if, while I'm doing that, I'm going to let you guys know that I am Tyler. And join me. We have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Man, I'm feeling pretty good at this moment in time. Tyler and I just got done watching through the Ubisoft presser of 2011. Obviously. (laughs) Barring one Mr. Caffeine. It wasn't as bad as I remember it being. Yeah. I mean, there have been press conferences that came out that have been extremely worse since then. But other than that. I'm happy my Golden State Warriors made it back to the finals. Go Warriors. Absolutely. Happy about that. And yep. on top of that, I've been playing a hell of a lot of Kirby. I'm 15 hours into that. I'll actually have more insight upon a lot of the gameplay stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, other than that, though, work's been going all right. I did fall in for my vacation stuff. But... Uh, it's going to be on the 21st. <laughs> it's going to start the 21st and everything else like that because everything else is getting kind of booked for that time period at my workplace. But uh, June? Yes. Okay. Inside of June. But we don't know when the next Nintendo Direct stuff is going to be announced or yeah. if the ones that we are thinking that possibly will be announced or something will actually be during the whole first. You know, like July, like, no, not July, but June 13th and through that week, you know, because that's yeah. what a normal E3 would have been if it were like a E3 type of year, but instead of the Summer's Game Fest. But uh, yeah. other than that, though, man, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, Tyler? I'm doing all right. Uh, to confirm, it is episode 493. I have to change the number Alrighty. in the show notes. Um, two Gables. Yeah. Happy anniversary, buddy. Happy anniversary, man. <laughs> clink. Uh, it is uh, to the day. We're going we're, we're gonna to clink. You clink your water. I'm going to clink. Bam. All right. Clink my beer. Um, it is nine years to the day when Gables, Jake, and I recorded our very first episode of this podcast. Um, the, the Obviously, the funny story of the whole thing is the episode never came out because one person on the show didn't actually record the episode of the show on their personal computer. I'm not going to name names. Uh, we can blame the person that's not here anymore. If you want to lie about it, Gables. Um, but um, yeah, so that, that episode is forever lost um, oh, yes. to the podcasting gods. You two were um, so pissed at me after that. <laughs> first time we ever, literally the first time we ever talked to Gables uh, was before we bullshitted for like an hour before we did the podcast. And then like, all right, everybody recording? Yep. All right, cool. And then like, all right, Gables, here's how you send me the audio. What audio? To the podcast. <laughs> oh, I didn't record it. <laughs> what? Oh, I know. I didn't record. I thought we were just joking around. Oh, no. Shit. Why would we ask multiple times about audacity and recording? We, we, recording. Um, anyways, so that was nine years ago. I'm not mad about it. Oh, if anything, it's just a funny Anyways. footnote anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of issues with the podcast, sorry about last week um, for the YouTube listeners. If you're if you're an audio listener, you didn't know any difference. Uh, the video version got all warped. I was, we're trying to figure out this whole reacting thing to uh, conferences and directs and shit like that live, um, testing shit out. 
And while I was setting everything up for our live react thing that we did that got all fucked up, I basically fucked up the entirety of our OBS and um, the video part. Just everything, the audio, the video was fine. Uh, it's just uh, I didn't record any of our um, audio parts of that. So it just um, it was just us. It's just videos of us just talking with no sound. So um, as far as knocking on wood here, everything seems to be working so far. We recorded two videos before this. We did like a fun uh for if you're if you're an audio listener uh click i always talk about every time go into that audio go into the show notes look, click on that link tree it has the uh links to everything that we're on podcast wise social media wise youtube all, twitch all that um go on our youtube uh gables and i uh did a live react not really but a reaction to uh the pokemon direct in 2013 where they announced pokemon x and y yep. uh it's a short one we just want to i just want to test the system out make sure everything was working seemed like it did um go in there give us a thumbs up let us know what you think about it i'm working on to make sure like the quality is decent um the audio the audio mixing is good um so we're working on as we go hopefully everything's going there but if there's any suggestions or any uh any you know uh critiques no just bitching but like critiques let me know and i will try to fix it i'm literally learning this as we're going so uh any um positive feedback you can give me would be great uh to make it uh so that we can make this better in the future and then we also like gables mentioned we did a um e, uh, ubisoft from e3 2011 with mr Caffey, and i gave gables the option i'm like hey um what do you want to watch and i'm like oh he'll probably pick like a um a nintendo one or like maybe some like a, a direct or like a direct or like a, a conference for something like a game that he loved was announced at immediately Usually Gables doesn't always get back to me right away. Uh, he's, he's pretty timely about it, but it's never right away. Uh, immediately, within seconds, Mr. Caffeine. <laughs> so, <sighs> yeah, we watched we watched that one, uh, which actually was better than we thought. Spoilers for that. My spoilers for that one. That should be going up on Wednesday. I'm probably going to split that one up just so we're not overloading the the break some videos up to over throughout the uh, the week for us so the the pokemon direct one is already live that's a short video it's like 14 15 minutes long um so check that one out that went up on saturday night um and then like i said that ubisoft one will go up, going up on probably wednesday morning so keep an eye out for that one uh but gables and i were talking about i think we're gonna maybe continue to do these maybe not weekly but maybe every every a couple weeks maybe we uh go back and watch some old conferences uh there's just so many of them that we can watch that hey like we're, we're having a good time with them. Mm. So we thought maybe we, uh, we do, we sit there and we go back and watch some of these old ones and that'd be pretty fun. I mean, there's several, and if we weren't on E3 ones, we can go back and watch some of the old Ubisoft Fords or directs and shit like that. So there's plenty of, uh, things to go back to and watch. So, um, keep an eye out. It's even more reason to go back and watch our, go and subscribe and follow and like our YouTube channel because, uh, you'll be able to, you'll see those and, uh, we'll keep you updated um on that but every, like i said every every time you uh listen to this click on go in the show notes look at the bottom click on that link tree uh, and then follow us in all the places you're at so yeah please do all that and once again thank you guys it's been nine years uh we'd love doing this podcast we're getting really close up so 500 yes uh, we are <laughs> we love doing this podcast um we you know we don't make money off doing this podcast we do it simply because we just we love video games love talking about video games and yeah that's simply where we're here we're just two guys that work full-time um i like to drink beer while i do this gables likes to drink his water Mm -hmm. um 
and then torture me by making me watch shitty uh, <laughs> uh, E3 hosts. And uh, yeah, we're we're here doing this. So once again, thank you guys so much. Nine years. Um, honestly, I mean, whether it was just a few people listening, or you know, a hundred people, or a thousand people, or whatever listened, um, we appreciate it. You know, and obviously, we're trying to get back a lot of the audience that we lost after Katy Perry uh, destroyed our original feed. Uh, but hey, we're getting back there. We're we're itching back uh, slowly but surely. And I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I had about five beers before we started recording this because just trying to get through that Ubisoft <laughs> press conference. Um, so bear with me on that one. But also, it's the Drunkers Podcast, and it's uh, I used to get drunk during every podcast, and now I'm pretty good about not getting drunk during the podcast. And I feel like I'm due. So um, we'll see how that goes. And luckily, it's Memorial Day weekend, so uh, you know I have an extra day to recover from a hangover if I have one. But anyways, Gables, let's talk about why we're here. Well, that's video game news. So, Gables, we'll start off here. Uh, Jeff Grubb talked about this a few weeks ago. I kind of mentioned on the podcast that he really couldn't confirm it, but he heard some rumblings. that possibly a PlayStation event of some sort happening uh, the first week of June. We got that confirmation, I believe, on Thursday that we are getting a state of play on June 2nd at 3, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Right. That's 5, that's 5 p.m. Uh, Central time. Terrible time for me, uh, selfishly. We could, have, we could have done it like an hour earlier or an hour, hour later, really. You know, come on. Yeah, three o'clock in the make, afternoon. Three o'clock for you, five yeah. o'clock for me. Like I am, uh, it's too late to be a lunchtime. It's too early for me to be off work. Mm. Um, yeah, just not good all around. But whatever. I mean, first world problems. But Gables, it's happening. It says about thirty minutes. It's going to be uh, related to a lot of third party uh, news and also uh, some PSVR two news out of that. Um, I don't know, give us. I mean, what's what's your excitement level for this state of play? Okay, so the excitement level for this one, considering that it's mostly third party stuff and some PSVR two showcase stuff, it's really like at a moderate level. It's not really like overly excited about stuff. I mean, granted, they could showcase like a whole bunch of different interesting third party stuff, but at the same point, I'm keeping it kind of like a level, sort of a, a modest sort of level to it because. I'm not expecting too much. I'm not expecting like major first party stuff. Just immediately just go balls of the wall with this. But uh, yeah, that's how I'm feeling about it. Yeah. And I feel like, and I've been saying, I've been really harking about this for a couple of years now about state of plays. Um, and I feel like, I think people are starting to catch up to that idea of like, you know, these aren't directs, like nothing, like, you know, directs, like anything is possible. And I was, you know, like my, my go-to thing I say every time is even when Nintendo says, hey, we're only going to talk about this, they lie constantly about mm-hmm. those and no one believes them. So even when they do tell the truth, we're all pissed because you've lied to us so many times that now we just don't <laughs> believe what you say. Um, and with State of Plays, they've always been really good. I feel like never 100% of the time, I shouldn't say, but uh, they've been mostly really good about telling us what's not going to be there, what expectations are. Right. And they've done a good job of sticking to that, which on one hand, I appreciate that. So it keeps our expectations in check, but also kind of sucks. Cause like you never like get super excited about these things. True. Uh, there's usually like, it's almost like it's better than like those, what were those, those Nintendo direct partner or Nintendo partner directs, whatever. Yeah. The partner like, directs, never any... directs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like it's like the indie directs. I feel like there's still like p- potentially good stuff that comes out of it, but you know, it's like never like huge, huge, huge news. You know, it's usually like like I always talk about like those ones are always, like indie games are more personal, I think, than like big newsworthy topics. Um, 
but like directs like anything is possible and i feel like you know these things still a lot of things are possible but um you don't like my my go-to example is the biggest things ever come out of state of plays uh unless they're like they've had last of us two specific um direct or uh, state of plays or horizon forbidden west uh, specific uh state of plays like they've had those ones but when it's like this kind of one where like they're gonna announce some games stuff like that um the biggest news ever came out of any of these is like we got the last of us part two the first release date when i think it was like february 28th or whatever yeah and they got delayed like the week after they delayed it (laughs) and then COVID (laughs) happened they delayed it again um and then like uh, resident evil 3 was revealed um in early 2020 uh, i think it was like january 2020 at a state of play and those are the two biggest reveals like so like people are talking about like and and they you whenever they announce these things they always tell you what's not going to be there yeah so the last state of play that they had that wasn't game specific they specifically mentioned there'd be no God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, or PSVR news at this event. This time, they didn't say any of that. No. So I'm not trying to say like, hey, get excited about this. God of War, Ragnarok's going to be there. But like, I think it's interesting that they're not saying nothing's going to be there. And like I mentioned, Last of Us Part Two, the first time we got a release date for that game was at I Say to Play. Yep. So maybe that's like, my thing is like, I like like I definitely like it takes the window of the sale when they say hey this won't be there but it like I'd rather like I we're at the point now where you know like if God of War like there's God of War Ragnarok if it's happening if it's coming this year or even like even if it's not coming this year you need to let us know it's not going to be there if it's not right. going to be there because it's the internet you gave us a week's notice that this is happening people are going to get excited and overhype it. No and shit. Like, it's like when they revealed the God of War Ragnarok in, tw- in September 2020, and they said it's coming in 2021. I immediately said the first, the, ne- the very next episode we did, which actually was that same day. So that, yeah. that day when we recorded that episode talking about that event, when they gave the, the date and the price for everything, I said, bullshit, that game's coming in 2021. And then all of 2021, all I said was, I don't believe this game is coming, but there's that 10% hope that I have it's coming in 2021. And obviously it got delayed and it didn't happen. My thing is like, I'm like 80% positive. This game is not coming or is not going to be at this state of play, but there's that 20% of me. That's like, it's got a chance. And also if you're going to have a state of play in this time frame during the normal E3 era, the E3 week, that E3 not week, but like time frame, right. That we normally have. You gotta if you're not gonna specifically say this won't be there, then you kinda have to have a good state of play. Even though technically in the past state of plays aren't that big a thing. Right. You're setting yourself up for I don't want to say disaster, because if nothing if it's just you know, before the podcast you were you and I were talking and I said that like I looked up last year when they had the E three stuff, like one like I'm like, we're getting close to like summer game fest. Is anything gonna happen? Like we're we gonna get dates here soon. Um, and I looked up this time last year, we didn't get the full schedule until like June 2nd or 3rd. Yep. Nintendo, then then Nintendo didn't announce their direct until 10 days out. Yes. So I believe the direct, if they could do the Tuesday after, I believe that would be June 14th. Yep. Uh, this year. And they, um, and they announced it like, I believe it was 10 or 11 days out. So I told you, like I was telling you before the podcast, like 
if we're here next week doing the podcast and we don't have dates, more dates for shit, I'm officially concerned <laughs> about <laughs> Summer Game Fest. As far as like shit happening that week, like um, Jeff Keeler did say that Summer Game Fest will everything event wise will be contracted to like that month. Okay. It's not gonna be like 2020 when shit was happening all year, um, and nobody knew what was gonna be exciting or not, what was gonna be nothing, what was gonna be big. Um, you know, 2021 obviously everything was contracted to like that normal E3, like basically from Thursday to the following Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but we've talked, but we've we've talked we've talked a lot about how bad that year was. Where it was like, you take away Summer Game Fest, Xbox, and Nintendo, like there was like 10 other press conferences and they were all bad outside yep. of history. So, um. I don't know, but going back to the state of play here. Um, so like, I don't. So basically, like, the stray date kind of got leaked. Yes. Uh, for July nineteenth, which if people don't remember, that was a game that was revealed in twenty twenty, about two years ago. Um, and it's a game with like the robots and there's a cat. Uh, and it's we got some little bit of gameplay for it last year. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's coming July nineteenth. Uh, God of War Ragnarok was officially uh, rated in South Korea, which um, South Korea is like the when a game <laughs> games usually get leaked uh, a lot of times, um, either a lot of times because of South Korea mm-hmm. uh, game, rating games. They're the first ones to rate the games typically. And a lot of times they get leaked because of that um, or like games get rated. I, there was Forspoken, I think, got got uh, rated last week. Right. That game's, like, we, that game's dated for October 11th. Um, and typically when a game gets rated, uh, it's almost always out within about four month period. Yes. And there, you know, Gable, as you mentioned that there's been some rumors about possibly September. I mean, we, yes. we can, we can, we can, we can shuffle back to that here in a second. Uh, and then also, I don't know if this will be there at this per se, cause this is going to be, I don't remember. Was this, was Uncharted? The Uncharted games coming to the PC at a state of play? Hmm. I'm not. It sure. was. I take the back. I remember that it was. It was. It was at the September showcase. They talked oh, about yes. it. Oh yes, last year. But they. But the main thing was they were announcing it was coming to PS5 as well. Right, right, um, right. That, so that I remember too. Um, I don't know if this would be there because of that, but because Returnal is already on PS5, obviously. But uh, there's apparently now there's a Steam page uh, for. Uh, Returnal, yes. So possibly that can be getting revealed here soon. Um, but I mean, that might not be at that at, at the state of play, or at, might not be at a state of play because these are PlayStation usually exclusive. Essentially, they are called PlayStation state of plays. But I don't know. I mean, what what are you what are you expecting out of this thing, Gables? All right. So what I'm expecting from the state of play, I am expecting to see this sh- like a like a tease of a couple of different games to PlayStation VR, obviously first party. Yeah esque type of things yeah. to be introduced with it you know maybe one or two games you may see from playstation vr my hope is that we see an update for final fantasy 16 yeah it may possibly happen or it may be saved for like later on or something like that because here's the thing though we are not certain at this point in time I mean, the last time that final fantasy 16 was initially shown off i would think in regards to its announcement trailers, what I'm getting at was that like, was September 2020. That was September 2020, and now this is almost close to two years since that initial thing, where it's like 
Maybe they're going to go and showcase some more about the story or more about the gameplay aspect of it because we didn't really see too much of the gameplay aspect of Final Fantasy 16. So I'm definitely expecting possibly seeing some more of that. Obviously seeing Stray, I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much like what in regards to that game, you know, I mean, hell, besides the stuff that's already been leaked, like say like with Stray or with like the potential things like with uh, God of War Ragnaroks and stuff, or even like the Steam drops, you know, third-party-esque type of things. Hopefully, and I'm saying hopefully, there's going to be a release date announced for that Turtles game, that Shredders game, you know, that thing. Yeah, yeah. I I, I almost, I'm betting, I, I feel like that game might be at Summer Game Fest. That may also be a strong possibility as well. But I know for sure, Tyler, what I expect to see... Final Fantasy 16 of some form, maybe a first party or two for PlayStation VR 2, and mm. honestly, probably hearing about the release date of uh, PlayStation VR 2. That's what I would expect. Yeah, um, I could see a maybe a release window for PSVR 2, because um, there's been a, uh, I think PSVR 1 came out like it was early 2016 or something like that. Right. It wasn't, I don't believe it was holiday. So there's been a lot of talk of like, it was coming this year. And I almost wonder like, maybe you don't put it out. I don't know. I feel like the longer you wait, maybe the better as far as like, you know, it, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Cause obviously it's so hard to get these consoles, uh, PS5, especially. And maybe, you know, who wants, people are just now being able, like, if you, even if you get like where people are regularly able to get PS5, it's like, do they immediately want to go out and spend another three, four hundred dollars or whatever it's going to cost for a PS4 too? I don't know. Um, Who knows at this point? I feel like yeah, like I think we might see more of that. There's that Horizon Call of the Wild PS4 game. That's something we else. haven't seen much of, and that's probably yeah. going to be one of the two that's featured inside of this stuff. The reason why I personally didn't say anything in regards to say God of War Ragnarok in the state of play is because I kind of feel like that that's something that's going to be deserving of its own sort of like showcase event itself. So where it's like getting closer to possibly in August or maybe like a July or August or something, we'll see some more of God of War Ragnarok announcing its release date. But speaking more so of say like with, with like Ragnarok in regards to that stuff, part of the reason why I put inside of our show notes that uh, potential God of War release date could have been shown is because there is this particular site that's like selling bits of merchandise and stuff and there yeah. are some things there was like an image or two that was taken down in regards to say God of War Ragnarok merchandise and a lot of the yeah. shipping dates are actually in that early September <laughs> yeah so I seen that too um, there's been a lot of rumors dating back for months now about September yeah um and everybody talked on the podcast because there's also some rumors about June. Yep. Uh, so I didn't want to think too much of it. There was a, a initially um, there was like someone a website put put September 30th as a date. Uh, a lot of people freaked out because that is a Friday. Yep. Um, and that could be a potential. Uh, they've also in the past have put games out on the Friday of Labor Day weekend. Yes, they which have. I believe is September 2nd as well. Oh yeah. Um, like Spider Man famously came out, so that was awesome. Yes. Having a three day weekend. Uh, let's play the game. That's my my hope is September second. I mean, obviously the sooner the better, but also it'd be <laughs> awesome to have a three day fucking weekend to play Call of Ragnarok. Um, so I think that'd be the date. And then, I mean, the kind of we want to talk about Ragnarok real fast. We can do that. Um, 
you know, typically, uh, if you go, if you look out besides console launch years, uh, talking about PS4 and PS5, then uh, PlayStation has not put out a first party, big first party game in over a decade during the holiday season. That's true. The only one that's been put out in that time frame that wasn't a console launch was Death Stranding that came out uh, was it the same day of like Star Wars Fallen Order, which we can talk about Survivor later. Yes. Um, that came out like November like 15th or something like that. Um, I think that that was actually like uh, Kojima. I think Kojima had the right for like the date to put it out on. Yes. Uh, so I think that's, that's probably why he wanted to put it out for the holidays. So, and that game was actually like, I was to a podcast and I actually mentioned like, that was one of the few like big, big games to come out that wasn't Nintendo that didn't have like a huge day, didn't have a day one patch. Like the game had been done for a while. So like that was just the date they picked. So um, you take, you, you look at as far as like first party PlayStation made games, they have not put out a um, first party game on in the holiday season in over a decade. So yeah, uh, the latest they've done it is outside of Death Stranding, which was a third party deal. Um, like I said, was Spider-Man uh, 2018 came out the Friday of Labor Day weekend. Wow. So that's the latest they put out a big game. Uh, I think they probably put out some smaller games I'm not thinking of, but as far as big stuff, like that's it. Um, you know, and we've seen them put games. They put like Ghost of Steam out in July. They put in, uh, they put games out whenever they're ready to go out and they put them out and they do fine. So, um, but you know, like if, if you know, I, I feel like I definitely feel like it definitely puts me at ease. The, the, the rating stuff about the game coming out, obviously like God, I've talked about over and over again, God of War 2018 after replaying it last year, kind of confirmed, <laughs> but here game of all time, I do need to replay last was part two. Eventually I'm just mentally gotta be in that mindset um, to maybe have to, cause that's definitely a one, one, a conversation right now for me. But um, yeah, that's my, my personal opinions. If it's coming out this year, I, I think early September is probably the date. And you got to think, I mean, we got to do it soon. And then, like I said, I could see like them do a state of play for just got on Ragnarok and that's fine. Do it. But if it's not going to be at this, you need to say something. Yeah, like, you absolutely. need to tell us like, it's not going to be there. Cause you can have an awesome, uh, state of play. It could be in a great state of play, but you can show up a lot of cool shit, but you can, people will, be, will people can be, will be upset potentially. Unless you have something awesome that we're like that we're not expecting, it's not gonna be there. Same with Final Fantasy 16. I feel like, uh, I mean, Square Enix said themselves they're gonna talk about the game in spring of 2022. It's uh, pretty close to that. It is spring. We are in spring for like three more weeks. Yep. Uh, we are running out of time, but it's also one of those things like you know, those two games, the two biggest games that they have on the docket are almost too big for a state of play as far as like a surprise a reveal announcement, whatever kind of thing. Um, you know, they talk about, they specifically said they're going to have about third party and which technically that's third party, but they have a deal with them. And then also it's PSVR stuff. So I feel like, I think it's going to be a lot of like final phase 16. I think is like the one big surprise thing they could have. Um, PSVR stuff. I think we're going to get a lot of like, there's a lot of like, the quest games that are they're already out that could be getting ported to it. They said they're gonna have over yep. twenty games at launch for PS4 or two. Uh, maybe we get like Half Life Alex at that event, um, stuff like that. Well, so. That could be a that could be a big drop right there. It's like, oh hey, Half Life Alex is on PSVR two. Yeah, and I don't. Know. I mean, I don't. I don't like. I would. I don't feel like confident in saying this year or next early next year for that thing. Um, 
I really feel like I'm like definitely 50 50. I lean towards like maybe like 51 49 and like leaning towards next year, early next year. Right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what we'll do we see? Uh, cause I mean, they had that event. Our Jim Ryan talked about, uh, himself a PlayStation, but he didn't really give like the only thing we had known was like there was two unannounced live service games, first party live service games for PlayStation that are coming. Um, before the end of uh, before April of next year, so uh, we don't know a lot um, about their dates and what they got going on the docket here. So, um, but yeah, this one they specifically only mentioned third party and PSVR stuff. So, who knows, Gables? I feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough because this is like like I, said, I keep saying over and over again. It's like they didn't tell us what's not going to be there, so That's it's true. hard. Like you know, like I said, typically we know we know the lane to stay in. And I feel like I'm drunk driving, swerving through lanes. Um, uh, they do. They got like at least another four days or so in order to tell us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, not even that because, I mean, I doubt they're going to say anything on Monday with Memorial Day. No. So Tuesday at the earliest. earliest. But, I mean, they're, they're not dumb. They're, they're smart. I feel like if they were going to say what's not going to be there, they would have already said. Yes, absolutely. So unless maybe it gets, it's bigger than they thought, which that's dumb of them to think that like not think about, Oh, like Final Fantasy 16 or God of War Ragnarok, you know, like it's just the only two games, the two big games they've been talking about for the last two years that haven't, that aren't out now uh, for them. So, uh, but let's move on Gables okay. to some, I don't know, less exciting news. Uh, Call of Duty <laughs> Marvel for a two. Uh, they did a announcement thing majiggy for this i don't even want to call it uh gable did you watch this trailer this this i'll be perfectly honest with you i think i may have heard that the thing was announced but i didn't bother watching it okay uh it was just they they recorded like a shipping boat uh with the logo of the game okay um spray painted on it and then they docked the boat to combine to make the logo um and then they gave a date for Modern Warfare 2, especially Modern Warfare 2. It's coming October 28th. But in there, there's like they recorded it with drones. Yeah. This video. And uh it, they kind of teased that June 8th, 2022. It just said J8-22. Right. So I'm gonna assume June 8th, 2022. I guess it could technically be July 8th, 2022. Um hmm. but there's been a lot of rumors that they're gonna have something as well in the early in early June as well for them. Uh, as far as the reveal thing, uh, which I believe that is a that is not this coming Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, right? Um, like another week or so. Debut. Yeah, so we got like a week and a half. Uh, they're gonna do a full reveal for that game. Some stuff is leaked out because, of course, it did every. Warzone is like the best worst thing for them because <laughs> everything leaks through Warzone. Uh, like like everything, like all the Black Ops Cold War shit. Uh, Van- uh what was last year? Vanguard or whatever. All that shit leaked uh, through uh, through Warzone. Um, so apparently, there's gonna be three different versions of this game. Of course, because there always is. There's gonna be the base edition. There is the cross cross gen edition, and then there's gonna be like the super ultra expensive edition that comes with everything you want. It comes with all the different skins, weapon skins, uh, the battle pass stuff, things like that um, for it. Um, couple other like smaller things uh, there's gonna be a beta that's gonna be on ps4 and ps5 exclusively if you pre-order the game um 
which if, for people that don't know, if you want to get into this beta, but you don't want to, but you're not might be committed to buying this game. A lot of times you can just pre-order this game at like a, like go up to GameStop or whatever and pre-order the game. They give you a code. You download the game. Uh, you put like five bucks down, download the game, download the beta, play the beta, and then just never buy. Like you don't have to go pick the game up and just move that five bucks over to another game. I used to do that all yep. the time with games. Or you can like pre-order it on the PlayStation Store and just pay the money if you have the money at that point. If you really want to play the beta, and then you can just go on the PlayStation support and just cancel your uh, your uh, um, pre-order as long as you do it within <laughs> like I think a week before the game comes out. Uh, and yeah, you can get your money back. So uh, if you, if you're interested in doing that, that's the easy way to get around playing the beta for free. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I actually really liked Modern Warfare last year, the or 2019 rather. I believe it was in my top 10 list. I just dropped my phone. I don't care. Uh, yeah, I think so. One of them was. Yeah, I, I, it's actually I think the first time a a Call of Duty game had actually cracked cracked my top ten list. Gables, I don't know. I mean, I know you've been pretty much off of the Call of Duty games for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, probably what? I mean, what's the last, what's the last like Call of Duty game you really got into? Was like the Black Ops maybe? Let's see. Black Ops definitely was one on the 360. The last. Call of Duty game that I had played through, however, that one was uh, the Modern Warfare 2 remaster. That's... Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I didn't even I, I I beat the Modern Warfare 1 remaster. Got the Call of Duty 4 remaster. Jesus Christ, it's to me fucking so stupid. Yeah, you know what? I tried playing a little bit of the Call of Duty 4 remaster and stuff like that. I really didn't get too far into it, but once Modern Warfare 2 remaster came out, I decided I wanted to download it and play it only because back then I did not want to play through the entirety of the game. I think I went through and uh, played a little bit of that. I went through the no Russian level and then like just went through and did not continue on afterwards because my interest was kind of not that interested at that time. But uh, we played it a few years ago and so I thought it was all right. You know, I thought that they did a good job in terms of remastering the campaign of that. But as in term for this current reveal trailer or even like the recurrence, like I... I honestly don't really care too much about it. You know, just that's pretty much my honest opinion about it. It's like they go through the rigmarole stuff every year to where they want to, you know, have their Call of Duty games like as be as big as like the last one. And quite honestly, this is the last Call of Duty game before they're going to take like a year off or something like that. Was it? Uh, yeah. So the rumors are the 2023 is going to be the year that they miss. I cannot find my 2019 list. Huh. It's very weird. Uh, I can't find it in my notebook here. Uh, And I don't have a... Usually I make a Google Google Doc for it, and I don't have it. Huh. I know I wrote them down somewhere. Oh, here it is. I found it. Never mind. Um, I had number seven. Modern Warfare 2019. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, whatever. But um, way too much work to get to that that level. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not gonna. I'm definitely like, you know, I played Black Ops Cold War and it was actually pretty decent. Um, I thought just the ending was trash. I thought. Okay. I, I was actually like enjoying up to that point. You know, I've definitely been like, uh, I'm definitely a weird Call of Duty gamer where like I only play the campaign and it's always the ones the campaigns the ones I like the most are the ones that the, the multiplayer people hate the most. Um, <laughs> like. I, I, I had like a, I know, a few right? friends I used to talk to. Yeah. I had a few friends I used to talk to that like, 
I would sit there and rave about how awesome these campaigns were, and then they'd bitch about how awful the multiplayer was. I'm like, oh man, fucking Black Ops One was awesome, and they're like, oh Black Ops One was terrible. Black Ops Two, that multiplayer was awesome. I'm like, man, Black Ops Two was sucked. But like, I'm talking about campaign. Like, we well, had yeah. this conversation for time, and I'm like, I'm like, no, I know that you guys like this, but I don't care about that. I like, I like the campaign. You guys don't care about that. I like this. Like, you know, like. I love the Advanced Warfare and the the Infinite Warfare. Those games were fucking awesome campaign wise, <laughs> and those things nearly killed the goddamn franchise uh, for a lot of people. Uh, but I fuck, I wish they go back to them. Um, What's hilarious about that is we're talking about Black Ops and stuff like that, and that was actually one of the games that was actually given to me this year, like the 360 version of Black Ops. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. Uh, I you know what, if they ever do like I, w- I hope they do a remaster of that one day. Oh, dude! I would be, I would be pumped to play the uh, campaign again. What's kind of hilarious about it is, like, I think I still have the DLC content on my old gamer tag. Jesus! Got, uh, oh, you know what? I probably, if oh, man, I, I definitely do because I bought like I bought all the DLC for that fucking thing. Um, it, like, it was worth it. I played so much that game; it was fucking fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm definitely gonna check this out. The Modern Warfare Two. The only thing that sucks is like, uh, first of all, problems here is that like I used to always rent. Uh, like Modern Warfare 20, from 2019 was the last game I ever rented from Redbox because wow. every year I would go up. I used to rent a, a decent amount of games from Redbox because like you can get like you can get like a three day three days for like seven bucks or something like that. Uh-huh. And so a lot of games that weren't very long, like Gears of War four shit like that, I would like go and like get it on like a Friday and go pick it up like go pay for it on the on the app and then go pick it up, knock it out in a weekend. And then take it back, and it only cost me seven bucks. Um, so like, it, it definitely is like a deterrent now for me. From like, like I bought Black Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, and I paid for that when I, it was a PS5 launch game. I bought that, I played it, and I was like, whatever. And it was even though I traded in, I think I got like forty bucks for it. Still, was not worth the thirty bucks for me to, to play through that game. Um, you know, uh, dollar for donuts wise. And uh, but anyways, I'm kind of just rambling here, but uh, I don't know, like. I'm interested in, in like what it is, but like definitely as like as a campaign fan of Call of Duty, I'm less interested just because it's like a like a cheap option of playing this game is not available. But I I, I don't I know like I mean Vanguard you know obviously we talked about like this was sold still one of the highest selling games of the last year, uh, but we made a we made a point of it I believe just last week when we talked about the MPDs that Elden Ring has in two months on the market had outsold in one month on the market rather had outsold Vanguard. Yeah. Uh, in five months on the market, which that hasn't happened in years. Like typically when you look at the 12, like the, you look at the, the last 12 months of a game being out yeah. or the overall sales for a game being out like just last year in 2021, number one, and the number three best selling game of the year were um, black ops, cold war and Vanguard. Yep. Those were the number one and three best selling games of 2021. Um, so, is it 20, yeah, 2020, we're in 2022. I'm, years are hard now. Uh, the fact that a game that's been out for a month and it's a brand new IP, I know it's from software, but whatever. I mean, that's a very niche title has outsold a Call of Duty game is extremely telling. Like, obviously, it's probably still one of the best selling games. Like, 99% of uh, game makers out there would take a frat like ten percent of those sales and be ecstatic about it. Yep. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that's a huge disappointment. So I think they like 2019 was like that really brought back people back to the franchise. I feel like they like you had that Warzone come out, come a, a boom boom. But when you had like I talk about like you had Advanced Wars, Infinite Warfare, Black Ops, uh, or Call of Duty, Black Ops Four was a disappointment. That's the one where they took the multiplayer out of. They did like the blackout mode, and then you had like well, they had WW Two that just came out. People seemed to like it, but it wasn't like a rave success. And then yeah, we seen like Cold War was. I feel like it was mostly positive, but uh, yeah, like I mean, Modern Warfare was a 2019 was hugely successful for them. Brought a lot of people, like I said, brought a lot of people back. And I feel like this can do do it for them. But and like hopefully for their sake, it needs to because if they're not going to be back in 2023, and this game comes out and it's not super awesome and successful, that's not going to be great. I mean, I guess on the upside, they are being bought by Xbox or by Microsoft. That's very um, true. To me, too. that's a they don't, they don't have to worry about that to worry about, but if they weren't being bought by Microsoft, uh, oh boy, would they be in trouble? Um, <laughs> so we went, like we thought, we talked about over and over again, they destroyed all their studios to become support studios for call of duty. And now the um, call of duty is actually close towards like, uh, almost near in trouble stuff. Yeah. Not in trouble as far as like, they're not the like, people are like, there's still, that's still the biggest IP in gaming. Right. Um, but as far as like, yeah, they're gonna most likely miss next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like this game needs to come out and needs to be amazing. Warzone needs to keep being awesome, and then they're doing the Warzone Two thing apparently, and that needs to be awesome because yeah, absolutely they have quadrupled down on Call of Duty, and yeah, it's that type, what... it's that time of thing like with a gaming franchise and stuff where it needs to be away for a bit in order for gamers actually want to want to play more into that franchise the future wise kind of like how assassin's creed took like a year off or something like that for or two years off yeah. i think it was well initially a year off but now we're looking at two years yeah cause... it's currently due to the two years off thing we don't know the the continuation of what's going on with that franchise but for call of duty it's yeah. it's essential for them to take like a year off in order to try to regroup what they want to initially focus upon for their next game because even with like a lot of success of modern warfare that came out a few years ago. And then all of a sudden with cold war and stuff like that, it was okay. But sales wise, if you're looking at a major triple a game, like Elden ring and stuff, even though that's pretty much an anomaly in and of itself to where it had so much success that it is outselling like a call of duty game, like five months in, <laughs> yeah. then yeah, there's gotta be something you gotta go back to the drawing board and try to create some more buzz with. Yeah, and I, I don't. This might be the most important Call of Duty game in a very long time. Absolutely. Because uh, not only like obviously Vanguard was a huge disappointment, but this is this needs to sustain Call of Duty franchise that and this and Warzone um, for the next potentially two years. Because like I said, if they're taking twenty twenty three off, and if say they don't come back to holiday twenty twenty four, that's a yeah. This these need these. Warzone needs to keep doing as good as it's doing. And like I said, Modern Warfare 2 needs to sustain the non-Battle Royale Call of Duty gamers for two years. Right. They need to have good content, keep coming out. Needs to come out and be successful initially, but also need to continue to support this thing for a long time. So uh, we shall wait and see on that one. And Gables, um, we talked about a lot about this game already because it seems like pretty much we've known everything about this game. Uh, Jeff Grubb mentioned this months ago that it was going to be announced on May 27th, it was announced on May 27th. He revealed the the date. Um, he revealed he revealed the uh, the 
the, the early 2023, a couple months ago. Yes. Uh, they revealed that that was in fact the date, and he gave us the name two weeks ago, and they revealed that was actually the name, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is the sequel to Fallen Order, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, is coming out in tw- early uh, coming out. They just said 2023, uh, but they were hoping to get this game out. According to Jeff Grubb, which he has been 100 right about everything about this game, so I'm gonna believe him on this one. Um, he was they were hoping to have this game out at the end of this year. Uh, didn't look like it was going to happen. Uh, kind of like the Dead Space. They're were, they were planning on having that coming out in October. That's right. not coming out, I believe, January 29th next year, or 27th, one of the two. And apparently this game is looking like it's going to be like a March 2023 game. Well, kind of so, similar to how it was with its original game. No, the, the original game came out in, in November. Oh, it came out in November. Okay, that's yeah, my bad on that one. 2019. So it's going to be and that's like a big... the March. Yeah, so that's, that's a big reason why I think a lot of people, like myself and a lot of other people, include, like, a lot of people really like that game, and like some people had it as their game of the year, but we, I've talked about it over and over again. 2019, not a great year for gaming, so mm. it's hard to blame people for putting that game as their game of the year, but I played the game when it first came out. The game was um, uh, a buggy mess. Right. It wasn't Cyberpunk, nowhere near that level, but a lot of problems bug-wise for that game, like clipping and uh, glitching and uh, crashing and Things that my biggest, but really, if you get past the, the glitches and the bugs, was that game just felt like it took a lot of things that other games did great, and they just did a B plus job at it. And this uh. game just felt like it felt like a B plus game that if it wasn't called Star Wars, it would have been a seven out of ten, and nobody would remember this game after that. Ah, um, uh, I see. So basically, kind of like a the first game is more akin to like say a Castlevania Lords of Shadow sort of thing, to where that was the major critique of that game as well, to where it had a multiple different ideas from other games collaborated into it. But uh, yeah, take away the Castlevania license, it would have suffered pretty much. Yeah, you take away Kojima was working on this game, and yeah, Castlevania that no one would care. Yeah, um, it's it definitely feels like it could be like a watch. I, I always use this reference, but it could be a watchdog situation where. You know, like watch. I mean, like you could definitely like. I am interested. They did like there's some cool stuff out of it. Like I didn't think Cal Callisto was. A, I didn't really care for him as a protagonist, but I thought the people in this group were pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the third sisters, the 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 uh, villains were I thought awesome and really interesting in this. Uh, I don't remember really loving the final like the the little teaser thing at the end, um, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm definitely interested in the sequel for this one. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I feel like if they did a better job, they improved upon that stuff. And like being delayed a few months, you know, from wanting to put this out in holiday season to early next year, mm-hmm. and that gives them the time they needed to put the game out, put it out properly, it would be great. And also the map they try to make a met- a 3D Metroidvania game, and the map was abysmal. Like, I don't want to hear. There's no good faith argument that that game like had a good map. Like that game that was one of the worst maps in gaming history. Hmm. Uh, it was confusing, it was broken, and it was a piece of shit. And I went back and I replayed. I started replaying this game on Xbox. It was on Game Pass. You know, I own it digitally on PS5. Yeah. I just wanted like oh, I'll just play it. It's on Game Pass and get some achievements out of while I'm doing this. Fuck it. And I was playing on Game Pass and I was just like. I was like, maybe this game isn't as bad as I thought. And I got to the map part and the tutorial. There's multiple tutorials on how the map works. Huh. And I'm like, no, what? Never mind. This this map is broke. This No, fuck this map. Um, 
So yeah, maybe the, maybe the map got better with updates later on, but I don't know if you, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. Anyways, I feel like like I'm definitely interested in this game. I definitely want like I want to like this game. I want this game to be good. Like you know, Obi Wan, the first two episodes just came out yesterday, and I really like those. I'm actually like for the first time and since Star Wars Episode Seven, I think in like 2015, I think is when it came out. Like I'm excited about. Uh, I'm actually like feeling good vibes about star Wars again. Hey, um, and for the first time in almost seven years. Uh, so like, it'd be cool to keep those good vibes rolling with, uh, you know, like potentially, you know, we got Andor coming out later this year, the star Wars TV show. And then, you know, maybe like early next year, we get a really good star Wars game. That'd be great. Um, so yeah, I want to be excited about this. I'm someone that grew up loving star Wars, uh, and episode between, uh, Han Solo movie and episode nine. Uh, it's kind of killed my fandom and then Boba Fett. I didn't even bother watching Mandalorian. Right. I, I, I just don't have, it's whatever. Um, I don't know, but I want to, I want this game to be great. I really do. Uh, and if it comes out, it's great. It will be one of the, it'd be one of the game of the years probably for me. Uh, if it comes out and it's really great and I hope it, I hope it is because I love star Wars and I want, you know, like, I want I want a great Star Wars game. Is this so fucking hard to ask for? Like, I liked Force Unleashed a lot. Like, just you know, God damn, man. Like, why? Why? why you know, I don't know. Force Unleashed two still pisses me off. <laughs> that game was just rushed and not great. Uh, after Force Unleashed, was it was just a really good Star Wars game. Like, it's so simple, but they just make it so hard, uh, especially EA. Um, but I don't know. I mean, anything you want to add on that one, Gables? I want it to be good. I'll be perfectly honest yeah. with you. We have had a bunch of Star Wars media that's come out that's been like mixed. Some of them mixed at best, some of them pretty great, some of them absolutely dreadful. But at the same time, it's like I want the Star Wars game to be a fantastic sequel to a game that laid down a good base. I want to finish up the original Jedi Fallen Order. I've played a few hours at least of the first one. I got a good cusp, a good feel of how the game plays. It plays fine. But uh, at the same point, I want its sequel to at least excel in terms of not only just the gameplay and the Metroid, like Vania sort of aspect, but it also in terms of storytelling. Because when Star Wars traditionally has a fantastic story, like good character build, like good setups and stuff like that, it can be absolutely stellar. So that's mm. something I'm hoping for when this game eventually does come out next year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and honestly, a big way to help that map in uh, Fallen Order, even if you don't fix the map system in Jedi survivor, just putting a fast travel in there yep. would save people a lot of frustration. Cause like nothing's more annoying than after you beat the level and then you got to backtrack all the way back to the beginning of the level Ta! to like who, who fucking thought that was a good idea. That's I'm getting mad about the game again. I don't want to get, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't want to get mad about the game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Like you said, that was like a mid two thousand thing. But uh, Gables, let's move on to some other news this week. Gables, you put this in here, and I totally forgot to talk about it. Uh, Dead by Daylight, the sixth anniversary. We got some news about that. Tell me about it, buddy. All right, so last week there was a stream in regards to the sixth anniversary of the online game Dead by Daylight, Killers vs. Survivors. There was a couple different things that was announced during the stream. One that was kind of off-kilter, that was like kind of like away from like the main stuff, which is like hooked like hooked by daylight or something like that or oh the the love game yeah that one is that little uh 
dating sim or something like that. That was kind of hilarious. Yeah, it was like called Hooked on You or something like that. I didn't really catch the date of when that thing was going to release, but the whole core aspect of it is like you, you're dating one of four killers or something like that. And it's just basically kind of made by the same people that uh, made the uh, Steam game. I love you, Colonel Sanders, that core group and stuff. So it's gonna, it's tongue in cheek. It's a lot of like comedy stuff and stuff. And I thought it was kind of funny and sort of like, well, what the fuck is this? But uh, in regards to the whole anniversary stuff of Dead by Daylight, they take, they tied in a couple of different improvements that they are making for this end of this year. One is like a rehauling of a lot of the perks system, like a lot of the perks, like at least 40 plus perks are going to be going for the remake, like rebalancing and kind of like a redoing. And that's going to be released in a subsequent update later on this year. There is a new resident evil, like uh, pack that's coming out here. Project W, which Rumors are suggesting it could be something with Wesker and possibly Ada Wong or something like that, along with a brand new stage. They also announced in regards to a future update they're going to have to rework a bit of the frustrations that was on the current Resident Evil stage that they got going. I have not played that, so I don't have really key insight of what is going on in terms of that. But also there was a rehauling of the prestige system. So before, when you prestiged a character, killer, or survivor in Dead by Daylight... When you hit that level 50 and it gives you the option or something like that, there really wasn't too much of an incentive to go and do prestige in general because once you did the prestige, you would lose all of your perks. You'd have to re-get all your perks, all of your items, all of your like various like tools and stuff that you had unlocked throughout that character tree. But in regards to how they were working now, Whenever you accomplish a specific tier or something like that for your character, it unlocks for all of the characters. like the perks of like uh, another survivor or another killer or something like that mm -hmm. in order to add to your own. So definitely the improvements of prestige stuff. I mean, the whole crossover that it got going here with uh, like cosmetics and stuff for uh, Attack on Titan. Some of those character models and stuff look like a various cosplay sort of-esque sort of look to them. So they're not like, say, a cut and copy of characters from that anime or something like that onto murderer onto like survivors or like killers in that regards and then on top of that they did unveil a like a new chapter in regards to the newest killer and like the newest like survivor in that regards i forget the name of the killer i know it's something new and it's called the the dirge or some of that sort i'm thinking it is but it's quite essentially sort of like a it's core aspect inspiration is bond the the boogeyman pretty much so Basically, it's one of those monsters that, like, hide the darkness or something like that. There's a whole stage dedicated to this sort of core concept of that. So that's also a little bit of, like, a bit of improvements and upgrades alongside that that's going to be planned out. But more or less, this 6th anniversary stream was very successful, 
not only in terms of covering new content, but it also readdresses issues that longtime players have had playing Dead by Daylight. I know personally I've played more than at least 60 hours in the Steam version. I've tried it on PS5, but at the same point, one of the key factors that has kept me from playing it more inside the past that they are addressing is terms of wait times for queues. They're actually upgrading the queue time in regards to specific things that uh, players will need. Like, for example, if, say, they need a killer or like a killer player or something like that because there's too many survivors or something like that. They'll literally update that in the lobby to where, hey, you can go forth, you can change to a killer class. Yeah, they need a killer during this game or that game and stuff like that. And so that's going to be implemented in another future update. So there is a lot of positive things that happen inside the stream to further kind of advance more so of the interest in Dead by Daylight as a game. Because this game has been out since, I want to say, 2018 or 2017 at this point. It's well, still... it'd be the sixth anniversary, so what was that, 2016 then? Yeah, 2016. So ever since the release of that and their consequential work and improvements and stuff, there is so much more like stuff that's much more interesting after the stream than my personal opinion. But uh, as far as like going through and wanting to play it, at the same point, you know, I have been tempted to just re-download it on the PS5, try out a couple of different matches, but I more or less want to wait towards the end of the year sort of thing once a lot of those perk upgrades want to go through and uh, circulate because I really want to go and see how these things have been changed fundamentally. But other than that, yes, this was the sixth anniversary stream. Lots of good stuff. And yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. I looked up the uh, Hooked on You Dead by Day, Day yep. Sim. It's scheduled for this summer. So. Okay, so this summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next up here, uh, apparently this has been talked about Xbox era and VGC has kind of cooperated with some of this. So apparently, I mean, it's not they're not saying it's going to be revealed at the Xbox event, but apparently there are rumors of a Gears of War, uh, kind of like Master Chief Collection remaster Ooh. coming soon. Okay. Um, so kind of like so if people remember maybe the like Master Chief Collection was like it was Halo one through four yes uh, and they did like some uh, upresing to them and put them out on the Xbox One um, there was already the uh, Halo one remaster that they did um, they like they just added us to the collection and they did like a Halo on top of this they did the Halo two remaster for it but then they like up halo 3 and 4 for xbox one yes um and then like you're gonna with halo 1 and 2 you're able to like go back to the original or play the remaster version of it if you want depending on what the graphics you want to do um and apparently they're doing the same thing for uh gears of war mm-hmm. um no confirmation as far as what games those include um uh, but if you if we're going by kind of that we're looking at master collection as like the example um we're looking at Gears of War one through three, and then also Judgment, which was Judgment was made by the people. I mean, by the company People Can Fly, which they made Bulletstorm and Outriders. Um, so maybe they do something like that. We did already have like the Gears of War remaster. Yes, we have for Xbox One. They did like five or six years ago. Uh, so maybe do the same thing though. Like I just talked about, like they already did a Halo remaster. I uh, maybe do the same thing where like there's a full fledged remaster in there, and then here is upreses, or maybe they just remaster all of them. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I like. I love Gears of War games. Uh. I understand they're completely stupid, but they're just they are fun popcorn games. Uh. For me, you know. Uh. And I'm 
Uh, especially those early games, like four and five, I think have totally changed my opinion on what Gears of War can be. Uh, I'm not saying they're like top tier story games, but like they're way better than I ever thought they could be. But uh, yeah, I'm fully on board for these remasters and just an excuse to go back and uh, replay these games. So I hope this is true because if you know, it'd be awesome. Like these perfect games that come out, like they came out, like say this summer. Yeah. Or like a dead zone. Perfect games for me to go back and just jump in and, and play again. Absolutely. To be perfectly honest with you, I would love it if this rumor turned out to be true and there is some sort of like Master Chief Collection-esque thing for Gears of War. Because they could easily have that game already like in the pipeline or something like that or release it in like a dead period. It's like like during the summer or like during like yeah. the early fall or that towards of things. I would love to see it if like they included that uh, Gears of War remaster and stuff alongside like 2-3 and like remat like Gears Judgment or like Gears 4 and stuff as well. You know, and just have a lot of the the DLC and a lot of the other various improvements and up-res things that they could do initially for Series X and S, and then, like, have whatever in terms of that, you know, and, like, uh, Gears of War 5 possibly being a thing. I mean, I'm not saying that it could be included inside that type of a collection thing, but it's a strong possibility considering that uh, Gears of War 5 is, what, like, at least a couple of years old now? 2019 it's my game of 2019 yeah yeah so but, i mean that game was three years old now yeah and i mean that game was you know like they didn't go when they did the mass chief collection they didn't do that with i guess halo 5 wasn't out yet but halo 5 um, wasn't out yet no not but uh not. i don't know like what well, that was 2019 gears war 5 so gears 5 um so i don't think that'd be part of it because like it was already an xbox series x game at that point yep uh and they've already done some like they've already done some back backwards compatibility with that and they've also like gears of war 4 and gears of war remaster they up them for xbox one x absolutely so um you wouldn't i probably want to do too much of that, those games i i really i really think if like if this is real it probably is just like gears 2 3 and judgment get like an up res mm-hmm. remaster job and then like they just add the gears of war remaster uh to that list and maybe it's like Maybe it's just like a really just like just what you expect from like a remaster of like you know decade old games, and I, I'd be fully on board because I haven't played uh, Gears of War two or three. I'm Gears of War three. I haven't played since it came out. Gears of War two. I played out played a year after it came out. That's when the first. I've, I've been basically I haven't played these games since they well, since I first bought them, and like I have a lot of good memories about these games. Uh, Gears of War Judgment. Like I remember, I have like very fond memories of that game. I know a lot of people don't like it because you know like, they only play as Braid, but like I remember like me, a buddy of ours, Justin from the Talk Ship Group, and then Dave from like Sarcastic Gamer, and then Jake who was our former co-host. Um, the, all four of us like the weekend that game came out, literally in one night played through that entire campaign together <laughs> uh, in four-player co-op, and like I don't remember anything about that game really outside of like it's a trial and. It's him in this trial, like telling telling you everything that happened in that, like, like basically telling the story of what happened. Uh, and I have like, so it'd be kind of fun maybe to play that game again and, like, just like, cause like I said, I don't remember anything about that game. Uh, and I also had the benefit of playing with friends. So yeah, that's true too. Uh, it would have been a different so maybe, experience if you just did it by yourself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, even though I beat all the other ones by myself, so and I still had a great time with them. Um. And, you know, maybe was, maybe we can uh, use that as an excuse to maybe get together and uh, play the game together. You know? There you go. They all at least have two-player co-op, so Absolutely. they do a remaster. 
Um, if it's coming out, and then maybe uh, Extra Life around the corner. That'd be it's awesome. Out by then, ah. I'm on board to play some Gears of War with you, buddy. Oh, it's been uh, such a long time could, since I played Gears, so it's going to be we could, interesting. Right? And it'd be, be nice to finally play a good game together on uh, Extra Life. <laughs> uh, that's not Resident Evil 6. Um, oh, Lord. Next up, uh, Replace, which is a game that you and I both had uh, on our Game of the Show list from last year at E3. Yes. Uh, it was at the Xbox Showcase. It's a Game Pass Day 1 game. Um, I recently added it to my uh, Fans Critic League team uh, for a dollar. And I mentioned at the time, a few weeks ago, when I added it, I was like, I added it just to get ahead of E3 or whatever's going to whatever we call it, Server Game Fest, whatever. Yeah. Just in case it got shown off, even though there was a lot of uh, reports out there, the game was probably getting delayed. And also, it's a new game that get delayed anyways. Uh, but I'm like, oh, if, if, if it gets delayed, I'm out a dollar. If it comes out, and it's awesome. I paid a dollar for an awesome game. Uh, well, they officially came out and they announced it got it got delayed to 2023. Big reason for that is the development team is based in Ukraine. So right. um, as soon as obviously everything happened over there with Russia, um, that game was just on the chopping block as far as for 2022. Um, hopefully, you know they're safe, doing okay. Yeah, right. Obviously, their safety. As much as I want to play that game, uh, their safety. And the safety of everybody on that team and everybody in general is far more important than any video game. Agreed. So nothing really more to add to that other than I just want to update that. And I, that reminds me I needed to delete that game off my face critically. <laughs> uh, the Gills, last but not least here, certainly not least, the most hilarious story of the week. Uh, the, the, the famous NFT monkey. Ah, um, uh, yes. It's kind of like started the whole NFT thing. And there's an NFT, there's a monkey and NFT monkey cartoon being made. Uh, Seth Green created these monkeys. It's kind of really kickstarted the whole NFT thing, which is just, uh, it's it's the blockchain, the uh, bitcoins, all that shit. Obviously, it's all they're all scams. It's yes. all a triangle scheme. It's all Pyramid bullshit. Scheme, Ponzi scheme, whatever you want to call yeah. it and stuff like that. It's yeah. quintessentially this whole concept around NFTs and stuff is based upon. The core concept of oh hey let's let's go ahead and like invite all these people going through and like to try to buy into this particular type of thing and stuff and then rob them blind. Yeah, yeah. Like what was it? The first tweet uh, by Jack um, ever. Someone bought the NFT of that for like nine million dollars last yep. year and then tried to resell it and he sold it for I think about three grand. Ooh. So, Ooh. Which is just hilarious to me, and you also hear all the stories about people like this money secures. What like you, you, no one could take your money from you. Uh, and then there's all of these. <laughs> there's been multiple NFT video games where people have hacked into them and took all the money from them. Not just uh, all the money from them though, but yeah, it's it's just like one of those things where it's like there's certain video games, there's certain aspects of like uh, core stuff that's been presented to where sites and gaming companies have been robbed for millions because of hackers going into and literally going and stealing a lot of the information from these NFTs from developers personally. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's absolutely hilarious in and of itself that one, this story popped up like earlier on this week because it's like one of those kind of like, well, no shit. You invested all this time and stuff into something like an unfungible token, which is quintessentially can be pretty much, you know, inside of this Wild West sort of standing in regards to this whole aspect of it right now. And it's like, 
once you take something of that sort, it's automatically that person's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fairly yeah. easy. And yeah. the funniest part here, so how this ended up happening was Seth Green, he bought all these little NFTs and stuff. There was about three of them that ended up getting stolen because he accidentally pressed upon a link in regards to like uh, like a phishing scam, quintessentially. So he clicked the link onto the phishing scam, and uh, he had three of his NFTs stolen. And what's interesting about that is not only did they get stolen, but the person that sold them quintessentially sold all three of them, and one of them, which is Bay, which what's kind of hilarious about it, it goes to this user by the name of like uh, like uh, Dark Knight or like. Uh, Nightwing like 84 or something like that on Twitter or this or that. He tracked down he actually tracked down the person that bought his NFT and stuff. <laughs> but the funniest part about it is like that NFT and then a couple others that he had were based around an animated show that he was creating. These NFTs these particular type of things that he has legal ramifications and stuff like that too. Those were the crux of creating his animated show and now he no longer has the rights to like this animated character and stuff like that, because it now is owned by this other good dude because of his lack of awareness in terms of phishing scams. Yeah. And what's hilarious about it is the dude that bought his NFTs spent over $200,000. He's not going to let go of that freaking thing because he knows for a fact that, Hey, he spent $200,000 on this one NFT and it's fucking his and stuff. He's not going to go for it and just casually give it to you. If you spend that much money on a non-fungible token, I mean, I mean, granted, it's your money. You do whatever the hell you want and stuff like that. But if I'm a person that spent that much money on that token and stuff like that, and I don't even get near half of that shit, it's like I'm not giving it away for free. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just more evidence that NFTs are bullshit. So it's yeah. hilarious. Uh, I do not feel bad for um anybody involved in this no um, so unless i feel bad for people that were like scammed you know as far as like you know there's obviously really good salesmen in this shit. right they, right like like, like they, they scam people that just don't understand these things i feel bad for those people right the people that created this shit especially like people like seth green even though i like seth green um but uh the fact he can't make his cartoon now because he doesn't own the right doesn't own these anymore uh i do not feel sorry for him i think no. it's the more like this shit keeps happening uh, and it just gets funnier every time. And you wonder why people don't want to invest in NFTs and why that market is yeah. swiftly crashing. Yeah, it's like and yeah, like like ninety percent of like sales have dropped in the last like couple months now. <laughs> um, it's hilarious. But Gables, let's move on to what we've been playing. All right. Um, I have not played too much more. Um, I played some more Lego Star Wars Skywalk Saga, the new game that came out. Uh, I beat episode seven, eight, nine. Uh, I really like them. They're very good games. Um, I just don't feel the draw to keep going back to them. Right. Uh, like they're not because I mean they're, they're they're meant for like they're more like kid ba- family based kid based for every more meant for everybody. Um, and it's just kind of more like going through the motions uh, kind of game where it's like right. I, I enjoy like the Star Wars aspects of it. I enjoy some of the cutscenes of it. Like the, some of the comedy is actually pretty good. Um, but like. Playing the game, are they're not super duper fun. But the like the the each like each movie you can like if you just run through it like I've been doing, you can probably beat them in an hour and a half, two hours. But there's tons of content 
you could probably probably spend ten hours on each of them if you wanted to like probably really invest in the side quest and all the extra like you want to, you care about getting all the studs to unlock uh, more abilities or unlock more characters or whatever. Like there's a ton of content in there, but like I for me you know there's just not a lot time like I don't know I, I might check out the the prequels. Um, but like, I'm not like super amped to go back and continue to play these games, but like, it's not cause they're, just, they're bad or boring or anything like that. It's just like, it's a, it's a little too simple for me, right. but I, I am, I'm a 33 year old, a hardcore gamer. And these games are meant for, it's more of a family game than it is for someone like me. Um, other game I did play though. I did get today though. WWE 2K22. Oh, you did. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah. And I really like it. It's very, very, very good. Uh, I want to play. I like the showcase mode where you play as Rey Mysterio and you go through his career. Oh yes, um, those matches like with uh, him and Eddie Guerrero during that. Yep, whole from Hollywood Havoc. Hollywood yeah. Havoc. That's a classic match. I love that match. Yeah, but the uh, yeah the gameplay is actually like it runs really good. The gameplay is like really smooth, um, and it's just fun to play. It's definitely it's a good combination of like arcade and simi. Like simulation, uh, and I like it where like you know it's definitely like it's struggled with that in years. Also, just being a buggy mess, uh, but yeah, like I, I definitely I'm I'm liking the game. I want to I want to play more, but I've only played like maybe like an hour or so. I've just done a handful of matches and like dabbled in the showcase stuff. So, uh, but I want to play more of that. And then also Gables, I talked yeah. about last week. I beat Sifu. You beat Sifu. Good. I beat Sifu. This game is incredible. Um. It's it's very very good. Uh, I did to be fair. I played it on the easier mode, which I looked it up. So the easy the the easy mode. It's not called easy mode. I can't remember what it's called. But so the easy mode, whatever you want to call it, uh, is not. It doesn't make the fights easier. It just gives you more lives. Okay, so more so, lives. What you gotta go through with. Yeah. So like obviously the concept of the game is like. Uh, your 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 father dies. It's the first cutscene. No spoilers there. And you want to get revenge. So you your kid when he dies, and now you're like I think you started like 19 or 20 or something like that. And you want revenge. You want to kill the five people that murdered your father. So each stage there's five stages. Basically each stage is you going through and fighting through, uh, to get to the end to fight the boss and kill the boss and one by one kill all the people that killed your father. Um, and if you, it's a roguelike in the sense that if you die, you, uh, but instead of just dying once, every time you die, you age a little bit. Yeah. And typically when you die, you like after, so you, you like, you jump more and more ages and there's benefits. There are some benefits to aging that you like the more you age, I believe the, you take less, you can take less damage. You, your health bar goes down, but you can, you do more damage, stuff like that. So there's always, there's like some pros and cons to like the aging prospect, but eventually you get to the point that you age so much that you just don't, you basically, you die and then you have to start the run all over again. I played on the easier mode where I don't know how many lives you get, but I ended up beating the game. At like I was like age 33 or something like that. Um, but you, as you go, you, you like, you earn, you do better combos and stuff like that. You earn experience points and you're in, you're in points and experience and stuff like that, uh, that you can use those to either upgrade uh, and buy bet you can like you can buy like uh, m- moves or combinations or abilities they can use 
and you can unlock them and then you can spend more points to own them permanently and those will carry with you throughout multiple runs right and there's also like run specific upgrades you can use like you can use like you can use points and like once you that runs over with you yeah you, you lose them all you have to start all over again uh, but like you can you can lower your age by like five years i did that a couple of times so that's part of the reason why i ended up beating it like 33 or you can like upgrades your like the weapons you use and you can find weapons at the game you can find like uh kim uh, kindo sticks or uh, mm. beer bottles or um uh a couple other things i can't remember what else there's a couple other weapons you can find throughout the game now and you can like increase the durability of them because eventually they will break over time you can increase right. the durability of them or you can increase like there's a, a bar you can increase that like makes you like gives you so you can do like a special a, a special attack and you can increase the bar so you can you can have multiple of those as you build up over time. A bunch of different abilities you can you can do that will do that. But um, yeah, I ended up beating it. it. Took me about three and a half hours to beat the full game. Like I said, I beat it in that one run. Uh, but this game is incredible. Uh, it is fantastic. Like I definitely like I'm not a roguelike guy, so like the fact they had this mode, like I this is the, this is exactly all I wanted. This game, like it's a I just wanted to, like run through it and fight beat all these people. And like the game is still difficult. Like I died a lot of times. Um, but I, I just don't want to replay the whole fucking game over again. But <laughs> the the combat is phenomenal. Uh, the, the, this is a fan fucking tastic game. Like game of the, I feel like it might, it's not gonna be my game of the year contender. But Alexia, I heard a lot of people talk about this being a game of the year contender, and I totally respect that and I understand it. Like this will. Probably this could be a very well be a game that's on my game of the year list because I love just like the over not only how well the combat is but how it feels like right. I love like the fight night games like in like the end of like the PS2 and like 360 the beginning of the PS3 era and stuff like that Xbox 360 era like Fight Night Round Three Fight Night Champions Fight Night Round Four stuff like that like I love those games those games were great like I love like the way like the like, um when you got hit or you hit somebody like you felt like you felt like if you got rocked or you like you hit somebody with a haymaker, you hit them just right. Got a good combo on them. You fucking felt it. Right. You did that. And no game has matched that intensity or that kind of feeling. I feel like since fight night champions way back when, and that's been over a decade now. And I feel like this game finally did that for me. Mm. I loved those games back in the day. And I sorely miss those games. And the fact that, you know, we finally have that game that have that, that does that for me now. It's a martial arts game. Uh, I just, I loved it. I loved like how like the, the flow of the combat with like the, like I actually was doing a pretty good job in the pairing, uh, fucking like getting good at the combos, learning what combos work for you, uh, unlocking new combos and just kind of figuring, like I said, figuring out what works and what doesn't work for you. You uh, you know, as a, a combatant, like I thought, like Treka Yomi a few weeks ago, where like I feel like you found like a couple combos that worked, and you just kind of like spam those over and over again. Yeah, you're not and, lying. Like, even though, like, yeah, like definitely, like it doesn't have it's like you could definitely find combos that work for you, but like you can't just spam them. Like, I, like it, like you definitely found them. Like they're kind of like they work for you, and you find out what work work for you, but like you couldn't rely on those. You had to get good at a lot of different things. But like it was like, but it also felt good when you landed those or like you like those were like in your bag of tricks. Um, you had to learn multiple of them. It wasn't just like like I said, Trek Dome. You found like I found like two things that worked, and I just hammered those over and over again. And that's like 
I had to find like 10 things. And that's like me like just beating this game one run. Uh, but the boss fights are awesome. They're fucking awesome. Uh, learning like, you know, like you had to get good in like defense in this game. Like I, I talked about last week, like, like I'm not great at the parrying dodge roll stuff. And like, that's my biggest like downside is like, I'm sometimes I get too impatient, too aggressive in these games. And like, I feel like in these boss fights, I had to learn to like, I feel like I, this game forced me in a good way to like, you have to like get like, you have to be patient. You have to learn, right. You have to learn their combinations and like learn to like when the like time them perfectly when the dodge and parry and stuff like that. And like a, a way that most games don't make you do like, and like, and like, Definitely, I understand like Elden Ring and like those software, like FromSoft games, kind of force you to like get good at the, the the dodging games, but like the dodging aspects of it. But like for me, like in this game, like it does it in a way that's not like overly frustrating, but also like it's fun and you feel good when you fucking like land that perfect like counter and then you hit him with a combination. Uh, but yeah, like this game is great. It's I I can't believe like I I, I thought this I knew this game was good. Um, I didn't know how much I'd like it, uh, but I mean, on one hand, I'm glad I didn't buy it because it's like 40 bucks. But on the other hand, like, I'm really happy I played this game because uh, it is absolutely stunning and phenomenal. And I feel like everybody out there should play this fucking game. So that is my opinion on Sifu. Gables, tell me what you've been playing, buddy. All right. So I've been playing a lot more of Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. 15 hours in, I have gone the route of trying to collect all the little Waddle Dees, all the little Waddle Dees and stuff, but as much as I physically can, I want to try to at least beat the game with all of the Waddle Dees that I can go for and get. So for the initial stages and stuff, I am on World 5, I want to say right there. I'm on the second level of World 5 and stuff, that whole lava world aspect of it. Yeah. But uh, up until that point and stuff, Collecting all of the Waddle Dees, going through. I love how in-depth a lot of the hidden secrets are. Kind of like a continuation from last week. I loved going through. And there are some that you'll completely miss without even, like, without even, like, second guesses or something like that until you go through the level a couple different times and you realize, oh, hey, there's an opening that's right on this wall over here that has a little bit of grass or something hanging in the patch of, like, this one corner. Let's see what happens if I go over through there. So, oh, I have another one of those little gotcha ball little things. And, uh... It's just little moments like that that I'm still finding and enjoying. What I've also been enjoying, too, is the separate little mini-games that Kirby can go through and uh, do in order to get the little Mm -hmm. shard pieces. I love doing those because they are a test of skill that you have, but also it, it circulates and highlights the best part of the abilities that you're using through each quest. So it's like... There's one where you'll have to use like the level three of like the fire ability and stuff like that and do it this way. And then there's one that is locked from like the level three of like the uh, the pin needle ability and stuff like that. They are well fleshed out. These little mini games are well thought out. They're not like afterthoughts like, oh, hey, you do it this one time right here and stuff and that's it. You could do time trials if you choose to. I've done quite a few because I've wanted to. There are a couple where I'm like, nah, this this is really not too fun. I'm not going to go for the to time trial for this one. Because that really wasn't my point of emphasis. But uh, I love the variety. How, like, maybe a couple of them will unlock as with how many little Waddle Dees you'll collect in each little course. 
So sometimes there'll be like one that'll unlock or two will unlock in a specific world. The boss battles have been pretty damn fun too. Now, from the last recording, I faced off against two bosses, right? And that was the that uh, Gorimoto, that big old gorilla and stuff, and like the tropical woods and stuff. That's basically the wispy woods. That's a tropical tree mm-hmm. and a little soul patch with like little vines and stuff. But uh, by going through World Three, I faced off against Clarine, which is that cat and stuff like that. That all yeah, that's, that was a good boss fight. I love that boss fight because you enter into that room, that sort of that big old tent and stuff like that and here she is right in the center of the stage and stuff she's like in a cloak and a hat and stuff like that with her back turned to you and she waits until you go into the center portion of that stage and go into that uh various entertainer ring and so that boss battle's like going through and stuff she'll go through try your slash attacks but eventually if you whittle down her hp enough she'll jump onto the trapeze the poles and stuff like that and then you have to wait until she tries to do a big old attack in order to try to lure her down to your level again. There are specific conditions where you can go through this boss battle relatively quickly, and one of the ways I learned to was uh, you can actually take the little gunner ability and stuff to where you can charge your shots, you can aim towards it, and you can actually damage her right on the pole and stuff before she does mm-hmm. her little charge attack. But uh, by going through this boss battle, that was good, and then going to that armadillo one... <laughs> That armadillo one was is is such a pain in the ass right now for me because I w- want to beat that boss without suffering any type of damage, and the thing that keeps me from doing that is he has his roll attack right. Yeah, he does it three times in a row, and sometimes when he does his second stage attack where he creates these stupid little like puppets of like female puppets or something like that of his of his species and stuff, and he tries to fling them over like little like uh, dancers or something like that flinging over. You have to try to avoid that on top of him trying to do this roll attack. And sometimes I can miss it, but sometimes I get hit and it pisses me off that I try to restart the entire thing because everything else, the ability I'm using, the way that I'm fighting him for the most part, I know exactly what I need to do, but yet I cannot seem to avoid one of his little rollout attacks because he gets too yeah. close to me and I can't avoid it in time because it will be with slow motion before you can dodge. Yeah. You gotta do that. Like you gotta like nail that fucking, which I didn't even know like the parry thing was a thing until that boss fight. And I feel like I never use it after that boss fight. Okay. So there was a little parry move, right? So like you press the L button and stuff like that. I know it's a guard, but yeah. Yeah. There's a parry move that I only like, I don't know if you only ever use it in that boss fight, but I feel like they, that's like the like one major complaint about that, like that, especially that boss fight. It's like there's a parry move on that dodge roll, and they don't really explain it anywhere in the game, but you only ever use it against him. I think I've done the parry move up subconsciously without even realizing a couple different yeah. times. And my guess is that parry move has to do in regards to pressing the attack button at the right time. I don't remember what button you pressed, but I just remember like doing it by accident. I'm like, Oh, I'm supposed to use this. Okay. I had no idea. And also I, I maxed out the fire ability. Yep. So then you hit him with fire and it just does continuous damage over time. Uh, yes. and you just kind of cheese your way through that fight. That's exactly right. The I level three fire ability is what I'm using right now to do it without damage. When I beat that boss initially, I did it with the uh, fully evolved hammer ability. Right. Mm. And hammer, Hammer can work, 
But at the same time, it's a lot harder to do it that way as opposed to yeah, doing the full on. Close. Yeah, because you got to get close and stuff. But you, instead of like doing, say, having the full on fire ability fully evolved and stuff and just holding down B and now the fire just like goes through and stacks. That's how you can defeat some of those bosses without getting damage. Just, just using that fire ability and just taking, just beating the shit out of them doing that way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am going to be learning how to do that damn parry move because that is something I didn't even know existed up until you just mentioned it. Yeah. So it does. I don't yeah. think it ever really, I might've missed it, but I don't think it ever told me that. And like I said, I just did it. I did it completely by accident. I do not. I didn't not even remember it. The game even telling me about a parry move. All I know yeah. is, is there is a block button with L I can do my regular attacks and stuff, but I've never once did a parry attack throughout that entire 15 hour plus playthrough I've been doing so far. Yeah. I think I still do the jump button, but, uh, other than that, though, that's been my experience so far from playing through Kirby and the Forgotten Lands right now. I know I'm getting close towards the end of the game. I know that there are plenty of Waddle Dees left to save. And I know there's plenty of those little gotcha ball little things that I still need to try to go through and do. Mm. I actually got so much of Volume 1 of that thing that it, I think it actually gave me a little blurb of, oh, you can't get any more new ones out of this stuff. You got to do this and this and that. Like, what? Okay. Okay, I guess I need to go yeah. forth and try to. Well, they um, yeah. there's like I think there's like volume two and volume three you unlock throughout the game. So. Well, yeah, volume two and volume three I've already unlocked by okay. doing by doing stuff, but I want to try to complete each tier of like those little gotcha ball machines. Gotcha. And the thing about it is, the first one is incredibly easy to try to fill out most of because it's only like ten coins. The second one is twenty coins, right? So yeah. it's still it's okay and stuff. But now you get 50 coins to the volume three. I'm like, oh, boy. You run through those real fast. Yeah. I got, I mean, I really don't have, like, to complain much about the the coins that I'm collecting. I mean, granted, it's like it's over, like, 100,000, like, coins that I've got going through repeated playthroughs of levels and stages, finding Waddle Dees, finding little bits of hidden things here and there. But uh, still, this game is fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. I mean... This is quintessentially one of the best Kirby games I have played. Yeah, it, definitely, it's, yeah, definitely my favorite. So, yeah. All right. Well, Cables, I think that's going to do it for us this week. All right. Um, if you liked all that, please, like I said, top of the show, like, follow, subscribe, click on that link tree down in the show notes, and you'll find us wherever pod, where our podcasts are available at, our social media accounts, uh, YouTube, Twitch, blah, blah, whatever. We're on those. Please go there and like us on all the places follow us all the places that we're on share with your friends tell your friends really would appreciate you did all those things um but i've been your host i was tyler and i've been colonel gables until next time everyone have yourself a fun time playing video games doing whatever it is to keep yourself happy and healthy but most importantly of all that thank you for listening to another episode of the drunk dash nerds podcast and hey gables yep too sweet backwards too sweet man bye guys See ya.